Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you again for another episode of Lost, and it is episode 17 of season five, which is part two of the incident. We just did the first one. Some other guy hosted it. Now apparently I'm hosting this one because it's part two, the incident, the incident part two, the second part of the incident, which happened on Lost, season five, episode. 17. Uh, this part was written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, as Noah said about an hour ago on the other episode. Ha! They flipped them around the other way. I think he also said Ed the 13th of May. Whatever. Um, but we've got a lot to talk about. Wrap this up. This is an epic episode of Lost. This is uh, a lot better than the first part and lots of things to go over. My name is Ben and this don't look like LAX. And my name is Noah, and what about me? <laughs> I was going to use the, what about me? <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were going to just keep singing. I've had enough oh, and no. I want my oh, share. Can't uh, you see? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't actually realise that was mainly an Australian song. That I thought that was like one of those ones that everyone knew, but I think I... I don't know, somebody I sang it to once, it wasn't from Australia, was like, what's that song? I'm like, you don't know what about me? Shannon Noll, Talking Heads, like, come on! <laughs> what's going yeah, on? Which version did you prefer? Uh, talking Head. Talking Heads? Not okay. Talking Heads. No. Is it Talking Heads? Moving Pictures. Oh, Moving Pictures, was it? Oh, okay. Well, they're the same. Heads talk and pictures move like one of those random 80s pub rock bands. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I'm sure now that talking heads are going, What about me? Like, you're right. What about moving you? pictures. Talking moving, heads. Moving pictures did it. So, uh, <laughs> talking heads, who are they? Uh, <laughs> Remind me not to go to a trivia night with you. Well, exactly. Uh, it was named the 37th greatest Australian song of all time by Triple M in 2018. So, yeah, not 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 bad. Um, who else covered? Didn't somebody else cover it outside of Shannon Noel? No. Anyway, we're not here to talk about <laughs> what about me. We're here to talk about the incident part two, featuring Shannon Noel as Benjamin Linus. Um, this is a great hour of television Noah uh you messaged me uh and said I'd watched it you were like this is amazing I said in the last episode that we've I've marked down five potential top five moments in this episode alone um it's 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 great like I will say not my favorite finale but um still a fucking fantastic episode of uh Lost yeah I mean it's not my favorite finale either but uh, yeah I watched it last night and it kind of made me sad because 
because I'm like not because of Juliet, which is sad, but like I just uh, after Lost, there hasn't been another show. And yeah, sometimes I come on this podcast. It's like, oh, uh, we've got to cover uh, whatever what Kate does, or we've got to cover Hearts and Minds, and oh, I'd rather be napping. But <laughs> there really has not been another show like this, and this just brought me straight back. And there's been a couple that have gotten up there, but since this ended in 2010, Manifest, Last Light. (laughs) uh, Under the Dome. Under the Dome, those (laughs) ones. They came close, but there just hasn't been that other show. Just watching this, this is just 40 minutes of amazing television. Just it hits all the notes, and I'm just watching. I I couldn't take my eyes off. I, I knew I had to watch it. I'm like, I'll put it on in the background and just do what I'm doing make sure I watch it before we record. I couldn't take my eyes off it. And I wanted to rewatch it again before this episode. Like, and as you said, it's not even my favorite finale, but just watching it is just like, I'm happy because it, I'm happy that it still gives me this much joy 10 years later, but 12 years later, but I'm sad because to me, they just don't make television like this anymore. And, uh, I think this is in, the older I get and the more experience in life I have, I just like this even more. And yeah, it's really good. Just, just to point out, television. can I just point out, <laughs> no, you, you do know you can watch this again, right? Like it's not just like a one-time thing and it dies. Like, oh, I watched this and I could never see it again. Like you can keep yeah, watching it. can never recreate. Right. It's never going to be the same. It's it's interesting you say that because I was um, watching, you know, I, I at the time of recording this, it's been a while since I've caught up on all the sort of the shows that I watch. Like I've got a whole season of Manifest sitting on my USB ready to watch that <laughs> so I haven't gotten there. Um, and, like, I, I think of these shows that I watch still and I sometimes I go, well, why do I watch these shows? I don't like giving up. Like, literally Under the Dome was one of the few shows that I literally got to. I'm like, I can't watch this anymore. Like, I just, I can't stomach this show anymore. I just can't. Somehow I haven't done that with uh, Manifest. I'm like, well, I've really got to keep watching. What happens here for some dumb reason? Um, I know, right? Like, I thought I finally got rid of it, but it won't go away. It's like the Oz Network. Just just stop making episodes already. Um, but, like, there's, there's not... Any of these shows, I can't think of any of them where I'm like, oh, like, gotta watch the new... Like, when Better Call... The last season of Better Call Soul was probably the last time I was like, oh, like, yeah, like, wow, this is getting really good. And I'm l- looking forward to the, the last season. Maybe the only one that I'm catching up on, which I'm, I literally watched two episodes of before we record this tonight, and I, I love the first two seasons and I'm addicted to this season, is American Crime Story. Um... So I'm kind of sad that I'm recording this with you and I can't watch the rest of how that plays out because I, I need to know, like, did Bill Clinton actually sleep with Monica Lewinsky? I, I don't know how this ends. I just, I'm intrigued. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think, like, I kind of think you're onto something there because TV's just got to a point now where it's, yeah, like, there's nothing on now that I feel that addicted to. Like, Mandalorian, sure, but, again, it's yeah, a bit of a slow even, build. But You mentioned Better Call Saul. It's a great show, but even then, like, it's great. Like I've watched every episode of it. If I missed a week and had to catch up later, sure. Like yeah, it, 
it's good and like don't get me wrong i enjoy that show and mandalorian i'm sure is good uh but there's nothing to that level like a squid game yeah it was great but then you watch it it's done uh, stranger things what well, yeah sure it's fine but there isn't that appointment and last week which ties it i mean i say last week i mean an hour ago when we were talking about it uh <laughs> we were talking about like the golden age of television and i, I, I mean maybe we need to wait 10 years to look in hindsight but i think we're past the golden age of television that that's done i truly believe that now it's just the golden age of television just standard television like television's almost too fancy like it's 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 well it's this is a serious thing when you watch network television now it almost just seems like oh wow well, this is so cheesily bad why am i watching it like this isn't what television is whereas if you watch anything from the 90s or the 80s that is what yeah. television is like it's it's kind of weird. Like I watch Nine One One. I watch Blue Blood. They're procedural, you know, emergency shows, which are kind of crap. But at the same time, you're like, it's kind of a nice thing to watch a show like this because it's like, well, this is what I grew up on. This is the type of TV. I don't need to have everything so fancy and cinematic. And oh look, you know, Academy Award winner, freaking Anthony Hopkins is the like. Okay, he's on TV now. Like it's just now it's standard. But I think it's a good point to you make. And I I'm also doing this in a weird way to segue into listen to our coverage of 24. But it's it's we talk over on 24 about that nature of must-see TV, and maybe it's an age thing as well. Maybe when we're watching this, we're younger, so you're a bit more addicted into this sort of stuff. And maybe we've got people... Yeah. So, like, I mean, when I was watching 24 Live, it was like, fuck, it's it's Monday, I can't wait, like, two hours to 24's on. Survivor, Survivor's on tonight. Like, those shows you were so addicted to growing up that you were like, I've got to watch this, and Lost was one of those shows. Whereas, yeah, like, maybe when you get older, you don't have that? I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's a, it's an age thing as well. Yeah, I mean, that could be true, like, just in general, even the, like, because I, I was thinking about this when I was watching the incident yesterday, is that, oh, I've seen this show, like, eight times or six <laughs> times, but I've not seen this show in the last four years. Like, I've got shit going on. Uh, I used to rewatch this show almost yearly, so yeah, maybe there is a part of age to it, uh, commitments to things, but... Uh, but at the same time, I couldn't even really name you any show I'm watching at the moment. I do. I know I watch shows, but I, I, yeah, like I, I, I truly believe that uh, we're we're not far out of it enough. But I think when we look back, that the golden age of television is probably begins around The Sopranos, Six Feet Under. And probably ends with the finale of Game of Thrones, and that's that's the pocket. And uh, there's just and I loved the Americans. I, I don't think you've seen that. That was great. No. I love the leftovers from Damon Lindelof. But there's just nothing that is like this. Rewatching the incident for the tenth time brings me more joy than watching a new episode of whatever I can binge watch on Netflix that comes out. It's it's fascinating you say that because I was literally thinking the other day when I get through all these shows I've got to catch up on like I always like I'm sure you're the same I like to have a show that you're kind of rewatching not for podcasting purposes just something that you know you want to relive and I've got like 20 30 shows on a USB that I've got that I'm like okay finally I'm going to watch this finally I'm going to watch that like I've been told that I'm going to get to it but I often look at it and go nah, I'm just going to rewatch third watch again I'm, nah, 
eh, our friends for the hundredth time. Eh, lost again. Sure, why not? Like, it just, I just get to a point where I'm like, I can't be fucked watching something new. I know I love every single episode of this show. It makes me happy. It takes me back to a certain time of my life. I'm just going to watch it. And, like, you joke about me bringing up Joey all the time. or uh, was, that, was that Colin? I don't know. Somebody was joke bagging me about bringing up Joey all the time. But it's because I watch Joey because I watch Friends so much. So it kind of it happens. So I don't know. It just it happens. Coming soon, Friends. Will you, will you recap every episode with Friends with me, Noah? Nick won't. So somebody has to. <laughs> uh, the one where Noah says no. <laughs> Aw, I'll be there for you, Noah. Gunther died recently. Come on. <laughs> That's but sad, that, that kind of ties in with the fact that when I first moved to Korea, I watched all the Friends purely because there was nothing else to watch. But I thought you really didn't like not- Friends. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing to watch. Oh, I had to watch Friends. <laughs> Ross and Rachel. Okay. Who's your favourite really friend, Noah? What about right now. Who, who's your favourite friend? Oh. Uh, they're all incredibly obnoxious, but Aww. I kind of like Courtney Cox. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just I always get happy when somebody says Monica because Monica's like, she's probably, oh, I, I don't know what to say if she's my favourite, but she's up there because I, I just love the shit out of Monica and she's one that never gets love. And I'm like, Monica's the best. Like, she's just so good. I know. Like, come on, Monica's great. So, anyway, uh, friends coming soon to the Oz Network. But the incident... <laughs> I don't like Matthew Perry. Oh, boo! <laughs> I, don't, I don't like drug addicts. Honestly, I like, or like, <laughs> I finally, the last time I rewatched it, because Phoebe was always like my least favourite, but then I finally started to get Phoebe. I'm like, okay, I, I get Phoebe. Like, I finally think I'm starting to get her. So, you know. Anyway, um, we obviously, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're going, why, why are you about to start talking about, like, Jack getting in a polo bar and Juliet blowing up a nuclear bomb? Well, you can download part one. Also available the same time as part two. So stop listening to this right now and go listen to part one. Unless you've listened to part one, then keep listening. Like, I hope you didn't stop and then go, shit, why is he telling me to stop listening? Like, keep listening. Um, Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. We don't usually make sense in the show. Are we going to do what we did last episode and just do the flashbacks first and then do the island stuff? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we've got old uh, our hero, Jack. Uh, doing the surgery. Now, we've never seen this before. We've heard him talk about this, of course, haven't we? But we've never yeah, seen famous this. Famous from the pilot. Yeah. So oh, this is the pilot, of course. And it's kind of interesting they bring that up, don't they, When she, later on when he's talking with Kate. So it's coming, you know, full circle. So this is what Jack, right at the beginning, basically, of his surgery. Jack here. Jack Origins. <laughs> Jack, a solo story. Uh, here he is. <laughs> Um, he's split open the the sack here. It's all like what spaghetti or wet noodles or whatever the hell it was. Angel hair pasta. In comes um our favorite Felix Leiter. Take a breath, Jack. Count to five. One. And like the thing that I love about this is that like this is freaking surgery. Like the middle, like they're gonna die. Count to five, or she will like bleed out. No, fix her. (laughs) She's dying. Like, I know it's got a happy ending, but I I want to see one of those, like, GQ videos on YouTube of surgeon sits down and analyzes medical scenes from TV shows and, like, this thing going, no, woman, dead. Uh, she's bled out already. Um, but our hero's shitty about this, so he goes and buys himself a polo bar and, of course, no, 
it's uh, not going to work there. And he goes off at his dad and people already think that I'm a, I'm only here because you're my father and you disrespected me in front of everyone and grr, I'm Jack. <laughs> Literally a lot. Kind of on Christian Shepherd's side here. Like, yeah. but quit your bitching, Jack. This is a woman's life. Like, I, uh, you embarrassed me. Like, what does this woman feel about that, jackass? Yeah, well, it's, I, I, I'm completely with you because, like, at the end of the day, because he, what does he do? He's like, uh oh, I cut the thing, and he just kind of stops and looks. Like, it's not like he's going straight away, like Jenny, pass me this, pass me that. He's literally going like, uh oh, uh oh. To which his dad is going, okay, it's all right, son, calm, calm down. Like, he's what's he doing wrong? It's not like he's pushing him out of the way. Oh, typical Jack, fucking things up. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm with you. I'm Team Christian here. Um, so basically Christian's like, you don't have faith in yourself, you know, man of faith, man of whatever. And then just as Jack's about to walk away, we hear a voice. Oh, I believe this is yours. There he is. There's Jacob. Once again, our favorite suburban dad, uh, hashtag needs a beard and, uh, gives him his extra Apollo bar and oh, they touch. I love here, as it says on Lostpedia, he grazes Jack's hand, mildly flirting. (laughs) Mildly flirting. Guess it needs a little push. Now, again, like what we were saying last episode, why is Jacob seeing Kate and Sawyer as a kid and yet he's old Jack? Like the big key moment about him being a candidate is getting an Apollo bar. (laughs) I I do like this sort of retcon much better than the Sawyer one, though. Yeah. I mean, like it's good to kind of – this is a, a thing I think we should, like in all seriousness, point out that, you know, we've heard this story. This is from the pilot. And this is one yeah. of those ones where it's like, if um, if you're not a diehard fan, great movie series, by the way, uh, <laughs> but if you're also not a Lost fan, a, you know, a strong fan of the Lost series, you might completely forget this. You're just thinking like, okay, it's, it's a random flashback. But it's kind of like when you're watching Breaking Bad and something small will happen. You're like, okay, cool, fine scene. But then you realise that, like, that was the guy with the that Walt burns the car in, like, episode three or whatever. Like, he's in a scene earlier on with, with Sol and What's-A-Face. So, like, it's kind of those little things where it means something, but you don't necessarily need to remember it, if that makes sense. Yeah, which, I, I mean, I guess the term for it is fan service. But, yeah. I mean, in some ways, I think that term is an incorrect term to use for this sort of thing. Um, fan service kind of has a negative connotation. Um, but it, it's the kind of thing where these shows have to balance the casual viewers with the diehard fans, not the John McClane fans, just the diehard <laughs> They're good fans them. too, yeah. The diehard fans are great. Uh, we're no, they're, big they're, fans of some of the we calmest like the- fans. Like they're, they're yeah, very stable fans. in their opinions of the franchise. Good on them, yep. <laughs> All of them bald. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> you have to be. <laughs> Welcome to the Die Hard Fan Club. You got hair shaved. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like fan service has a negative connotation, but it, Lost does it so well, and that they they get the balance right. I think, yeah, and hundred uh, percent. Unfortunately, the the internet has kind of ruined this sort of thing because nowadays uh, it's like just have a bunch of people whinging that it's either doesn't make sense or they're not putting enough for the fans and blah, 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 blah. So uh, I think it's cool to sort of revisit this moment that when you watch that pilot, you never think that, oh, my God, we're going to see this scene and it's going to have some sort of 
uh, overall much bigger arching significance than we ever thought. And this is, and like, I love how you say that about fan service because it's not only got negative connotations now, people go too far. See, the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, see, anything Star Wars, Solo, like, oh, the origin of his dice. Yay! I'm so glad we finally saw the one thing we saw in one movie once. Um, and, like, Nick and I have talked a little bit about that on Breaking Bad, that while Better Call Soul is great, there are some things in Better Call Soul we're like, okay, like, we really don't need to know that. But, like, Lost does it in a, a way which is, like, subtle... And, and like, there's nothing even really that you get which is too in your face, I feel. Like, we even get yeah. the whole, um, the the Jack and Jill, not Jack and Jill, Adam and Eve thing, like, next season, don't we? Like, in the, the coffins and Boone's inhaler or Shannon's inhaler, like, things like that, which are just so random, but you get, like, an answer to it, which is kind of dumb, but it's fun. Like, and Lost was, I mean... No disrespect to, like, Star Trek. I'm sure Star Trek did it over the years because that's obviously got big fans and lots of different versions of it. But Lost has got to be one of the first real shows to do something. I mean, Doctor Who probably as well did it. But uh, in terms of a, a network show that isn't sort of, you know, sci-fi kind of, you know. Well, that's, I mean, we've talked at nauseam about it, but, like, Lost is that groundbreaking show because before that the networks didn't have faith that people could could view an ongoing storyline. So it is one of those first shows because before that there really wasn't serialized TV to this extent. Um, and the fact that ABC did give so much faith, uh, to the producers of this show really laid the groundwork for the TV that we're watching in 2021, really. And and it's also like, I mean, obviously at this period of Lost, we're well and truly into the internet and, and DVDs and all that kind of stuff too. But it's that fan service where the, the you know, the creators and the writers do it in a way which is good. And again, I'm not, I'm not I swear I'm not just doing this to uh, plug our other shows, download 24, but like we talk a lot about in 24 and when we had John Kazar on for the, the 20th uh, reunion, you know, we talked at length about how, 24 was renowned for giving their fans and just like little nods that, you know, like, oh, there's Tony drinking out of his uh, mug with a Chicago Cubs logo on it. That's going to be called Cubby and we're going to include it in as many episodes because the fans like it. Oh, Jack Bauer's got a bag. That's Jack's bag. So we're going to have it in every episode because the fans like it. Like it's just kind of silly little things that I like that they do with that. And it, yeah, it's it's cool that this is a scene that you actually get to see. But uh, yeah, hashtag Team Christian. You think those t-shirts would sell? <laughs> You know, like uh, speaking of friends, we used to have the the team Jen and the team Angelina T-shirts. <laughs> second thoughts, I don't want to buy a shirt that says Team Christian on it. Oh yeah, right. As your name Noah, <laughs> doesn't fit in well. I already get. Oh, are you religious enough? So I don't think I need to wear a shirt that says Team Christian on it. Can you like seriously, if you ever buy a boat, can you just call it Noah's Ark? Like, just you know. You know, I, I had a, a student, uh, for people who don't know, I teach English in Korea, English as a second language, so not like English. <laughs> uh, and I had a student one time and he's like, your name's Noah. Yeah, yeah. And he was really sweet, but I couldn't really understand what he was trying to say. And he just kept saying, ship, ship. I'm like, what? Uh, boat, boat, boat. <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you gin boat? Uh, like, <laughs> and then I realized, oh, oh, do you mean ark? Uh, Noah, Noah boat. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, yeah, Noah's boat. Yep. Okay. So you never get that at all, ever in your entire life. About yeah, you know, not even in another language. I can't escape it. Mine is just Noah's how boat. much is water worth? And I'm like, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me that, ha, you know, which I don't know. Before you ask, I don't know. Um, probably my least favorite flashback in the two episodes. Oh, yeah. Juliet. (laughs) I love me, Juliet. I love, love, love me, Juliet. But I don't give a shit about young Juliet getting told by her parents that they're getting a divorce. Uh, Basically, oh, we're getting a divorce. But you love each other. Sometimes that just isn't enough. Oh, how can you not stay together if you love each other? And then her mum, one day you'll understand. Now, obviously, this ties into what we're going to get with her and Sawyer, which also backs up a point that I had recently about Sawyer and Juliet. But um, I don't give a shit about this scene at all. I have nothing else to say. Oh, God. (laughs) It baffles me that anyone thought this was a good idea. Because, (laughs) hey... It's completely unnecessary. Uh, B, the, we've been praising the the young actors. Uh, we've had a lot of that lately. It's absolutely terrible, young Juliet. Um, <laughs> C, it's so out of place. Yeah. Every single one of these scenes is uh, – Jacob, and then did they think like, oh shit, we were supposed to do a Juliet episode, but we forgot to do it. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, because Jacob's not in this, is he? Yeah, like if you are gonna have this scene, at least have like young Juliet run out of our house and have like creepy Jacob like Juliet, it will be okay, or like <laughs> something like that. But it's just a random Juliet flashback in the middle of a Jacob flashback. Like they've never done this before. And it's it's not like it, we're learning some key information that we really need to know for the overarching storyline of the the show. It's just oh, Juliet's parents weren't together, so her and Sawyer can't be. So what? You could have given one line of dialogue in the main storyline for this. Like it's so out of place. The acting is straight from Bold and the Beautiful, and uh, I, I'm baffled that they even thought that this was a good idea to include this. It's, yeah, I, it's, it's weird actually you say that. I didn't even put two or two together that Jacob wasn't in this scene. I just tune out of this scene so much. I'm like, oh, yeah, now that you say that, Jacob's not in it. What's the point of that? Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, and it's, and it's yeah, I, again, it ties into what we got with Sawyer and that, but it's just, yeah, I, I I feel now even more shortchanged about this scene because I like Juliet and like poor Juliet, obviously not a candidate, poor thing. Like she's about to die at the end of this episode. So and Elizabeth Mitchell's great in this episode. Can we just say that? Like it just it takes away from all of that. There, I'm seeing here um, young Rachel Carson played by Savannah Latham. Uh, the casting call, young Donna. Wait, what? Why is she Donna? <laughs> Uh, Caucasian, 12-year-old brunette, Natalie's older sister. What? Natalie's <laughs> older sister is Natalie. <laughs> Do they know what characters they've got? I love here when you hover over Natalie, it takes you to the page of Juliet. So Donna and... 
point. <laughs> just given up. Natalie's older sister tries to act more grown up and stoic and hide her feelings when Natalie acts out. Her parents <laughs> tell her they are divorcing and Donna is upset, quietly crying. Um, they didn't even try and make a young Julia. Like, <laughs> if you saw this scene and said, which lost character would this be? You would never even think Julia. Yeah, I, I just... Because like I, I remember when I was watching this, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be Juliet, but then all of a sudden, until you hear the name like Juliet, I, the one, the only one thing I'll say about this scene, um, her parents, good actors, believable in getting a divorce. <laughs> can 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 we at least praise it for that? Um, I believe these two are, don't like each other and want a divorce. And also, when is this meant to be set? Like, this looks like this is just in a house in, like, the 90s or the 2000s. Shouldn't this be in, like, the 70s or the 80s? This house looks too modern to be, like, in well, that period. And, and whatnot. Uh, True. You know, I, I, in my lifetime, I've had this uh, this conversation. and uh, You got a divorce I'm, and told your children? Well, that must have been hard. Yeah, but I I let her keep the children. <laughs> That's why you never hear them in the podcast, like Colin. <laughs> um, but I I was young, so I don't remember. So I'd love to like have like some sort of like out of body experience where I go back to watch this because I'm pretty sure I, that no one in my real life situation was running out going. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, I look. I can't say I've been witness to this conversation. Um, I've been and still am involved in certain parts of this, but there's no children involved, so I guess I don't have to talk to, you know, children about this. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how I would go. Um, I mean, I just kicked her out, so I mean, it, <laughs> I didn't have to run out on the other way of the thing, so it kind of, you know, whatever. But anyway. Yeah, J- Jacob was there and he gave me an Apollo bar, but our hands touched. I just, uh, obviously it's a significant thing for people who go through that in their life but this was straight out of a soap opera like yeah i just maybe if they juliet got she did she's not had her own episode since the other woman she only got three episodes and maybe they could have built something out of this if they'd given juliet an episode but it just does not work it's yeah and like I seriously, it baffles me that I didn't connect that Jacob was there because now it just it literally just makes no sense that it kind of is there. Like it make again, I keep saying it makes yeah it, again it makes sense to the context of what we're seeing with her and Sawyer, but at the same time it's just like eh, who cares? All right, cool, great. Uh, we've what talked way too dad, long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to the island. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Hurley. This is a, a pretty good one. So Hurley's uh, getting let out of prison and basically he's like, I'm a murderer. I killed all those people. And I love this clerk just basically like, this is what you had, a, a fruit roll-up and a, a phone and whatever it is. Does it, what is. Is this where he says like fruit roll-up cherry flavor or something or is that when he says that to Jacob in the car? Um, I love here the uninterested clerk uh, states that the discharge has been made. Uh, this guy's name is Winter apparently, um, and credited as prison clerk on the ABC press release. So I don't know whether... Yeah, he's played by the esteemed John Pete. Good for you, John. (laughs) Again, although two first names, don't trust a person with two first names. Um, So Hurley gets into a a cab, but, oh, who's in the cab? 
it's Jacob. <laughs> there he is, Juliet's dad. Um, says he's only going a few blocks so they could uh, share the uh, the cab. But I love her. It's like, oh, what are you in for? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you mean right? Have you what, like actual ride sharing? I when I went to Mexico, I ride shared with somebody. It was um. Yeah, Officially, probably right. Not just getting in a taxi. You're being oh, a taxi. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I caught a taxi. <laughs> Who catches taxis? Please. Um, th- there was awkward in Mexico because it was that whole like Uber thing where it's like you know like oh if you're going to a similar place you can share and split the fare. And of course, like I'm in Mexico, don't speak a word of Spanish. Get in this like Uber. And of course, some lady gets in, and the, I think it was a guy, and they're like speaking Spanish, probably going like, "Oh, who's this dumb white guy? Doesn't have a clue what we're saying. Let's test it right now. This guy sucks. Okay, he doesn't know what we're saying. Let's keep talking." I'm just going, "This is an and awkward then they gave you a guitar case." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Told me that I'm actually gifted. Um, all that kind of stuff. But I love it here when Hurley's like, oh, what are you in for? What do you mean? Like, oh, prison. Oh, I wasn't in prison. Oh, I was just in there for killing people. But I didn't actually do it. <laughs> and then Hurley obviously thinks that he's dead. Jacob's like, oh, I'm not dead. Um, and I love kind of just Hurley, you know, saying like, oh, I'm cursed and all this tragedy. It's about me. Like, my friends died. He mentions Libby's name, Charlie, oh. uh, you know, and they visit me and they now I can't make it stop. And I kind of like Jacob here, how he's just kind of like, well, have you ever thought that you were, he's Roger Moore now, have you ever thought that you were gifted? Maybe that's a good thing. Other people would love to talk to their loved ones, including me. I would love to come back to life and talk to my dearly beloved family. Um, and then Hurley's like, well, it would be, but you know, I'm crazy. Uh, Jacob's like, you're not crazy. Uh, and saying that, uh, he should go on that plane. Ooh. And then touches, he's very touchy this episode, Jacob. Hashtag me too here, Jacob. Very 2009. I don't think that. The 2021 Jacob would be so touchy. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Probst should be there doing a narration going, is this okay if I touch you? Um, <laughs> and then as he gets out of the cab, Hurley's like, hey, dude, you left your guitar. And Jacob's like, it's not my guitar. <laughs> and he leaves. I want Hurley to be like, well, it's not mine either. I'm getting out of <laughs> Like, dude, seriously, like, take it with you. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I like this. I kind of like, and because we, we sort of, with all those air, the air scenes with the Al Jazeera flight, right? Well, I think was Hurley our only one now that we, this is the first time we get to see him. Yeah. Like, we- he's the last one, right? Like the last one, we don't know how we got on the plane. Yeah, so this one, I, I guess, at least serves a bit of a purpose to the overall plot. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you like this scene? Do you kind of like Hurley kind of, you know, uh, just having this little moment with Jacob? Yeah, it's fine. Again, I'm a bit confused of the Jacob visiting the people in the uh, after the plane crash. That one confuses me a bit. Uh, and if you put it in like real time, this was maybe a week ago. <laughs> so like, think it was off the island a week ago before he yeah. gets killed. Like, uh, I don't know if that sits well with me, but yeah, it's cute. Is it ever explained how Jacob gets off the island? I mean, he's he's an eternal god. I don't think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so he, so is the man in black, right? But I, we we know we find out why he can't leave the island, right? Like I I, I remember that part. Um, but on, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I like that episode. Am I the only person who likes that episode, basically? So, yeah. Do you actually like that episode? Uh, I don't hate it. Okay. Well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> um, so that, that's all the flashbacks, right? We're done. Oh, no, lock. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, old gummy Joe. No, 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 no. Now he's died and now he's been, already been forgotten. Oh, poor Locks. Okay, so we've got, we got Jacob chilling on a bench reading a book. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, what's he reading? Flannery O'Connor. Uh, everything that rises must converge. Ooh. Um, and all of a sudden we hear, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gummy Joe. <laughs> Dead on the ground, basically. And old touchy-feely Jacob. Um, which, okay, is this meant to be that Jacob brings him back to life? I think that's what they're implying. And I, if you had asked me this five years ago, I would have hated it. But this is actually one of the retconning ones that I don't actually mind that much. That you like that Locke gets yeah, brought back to life I, by I, Jacob? It's on me a bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't, like, I, I sort of don't know how to imply interpret it to think if that is what it is um because when we see him wake up don't we initially when this happens but we do we don't see obviously jacob we don't see him touching him like on the ground here i love i love the reactions of well, i should say okay so basically um jacob touches him and he's all like everything is going to be okay i'm sorry this happened but i do love like when you see the people you go ah! and you kind of say like Oh, what's what's going on? You can couple of people, oh, and then it takes about thirty seconds and somebody goes, Call nine one one And then like when Jacob goes up, no one else rushes up to him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just Jacob and everyone's too scared. Uh that that being said, uh I have been uh I have seen someone get hit by a car before, which was heavy, but uh that was kind of a similar thing. There were a lot of bystanders, including me, and uh, not a whole lot of people tending to the poor girl. So maybe it's not that unrealistic. I uh, yeah, I, I I've I've told the story before. I saw somebody get hit by a car too, and it was um, it was it was definitely one of those moments where people come into their own. Like I was with two friends, and two of us just stood there. And I'm like, holy fuck. And we just stood there in shock, like someone got hit by a car. Our other friend was the type of person who was literally, call an ambulance, like, what's going on? Like, somebody get help, like, rushing around. Like, clearly I'm not the type of person to do that. I'm the type of person who just stands there and goes, holy fuck, and just looks. (laughs) Gets the phone out. (laughs) I mean, when I that happened to me, my mouth was literally wide open, uh, just in shock. But in fairness to me, of all the people that probably shouldn't be helping, uh, Probably the guy that doesn't speak the language gets the pass for not helping. So uh, I've watched Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name's Jacob. So I I don't know how I feel about like if this is him bringing him back to life though. Like, well, I'll tell you why I've turned around on it on this rewatch. I mean, I never hated it, but I've always just been like, eh. Uh, But the reason I think I've turned around on it, I've been really paying attention to the Man in Black Lock storyline this time around, and. It's just so poetic that he is bringing Locke back to life or giving him that push with the idea that Locke is going to be a candidate 
and the idea of telling Locke that he's special to bring him to the island, to go through all this thing, uh, to leave the island, to bring the other candidates back just to get murdered and to realise that Checkmate, the man in black, has been playing you this whole time, Jacob, and that this man that you helped save is going to show up in your house bringing Benjamin Linus along with you uh, and he's going to be the one that's going to murder you. Uh, so I think when I look back at everything that sort of happens, I'm like, well, that's so poetic that if he had not done this and taught John that he was special, then maybe Jacob would be alive right now. That's a very good point. I like that too, actually. So it's it's it goes into that big level of, of 4D chess that you're saying, which, again, we know a lot of this wasn't planned, but... Yeah. It's kind of clever how they're able to write it to see that it seems like it was planned in a, in a way that you... I mean, there are maybe some things you can question here and there, of course, but, like, you know. Yeah, I, I think it works the way that they uh, they fit everything in, and this is obviously such an important uh, moment for Locke. And uh, this is going to be a sad thing to tell you right now, but uh, this is the last ever scene we will see of John Locke. If you're not counting the flash sideways, because that's kind of the afterlife, this is the last ever Locke moment that we get to see. We've already eulogised Locke, though, haven't we? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Oh, Uh, gummy Joe. I can't believe I'm going to be the one to bring this up, but because we're at the end of these flashbacks is... uh, Some of them are good, some of them are meh, but this is one, I think, where the chronologically one really works because i was about to bring up chronologically loss of uh, seriously but uh you stole my thunder (laughs) because you see like oh he's visiting kate as a kid but then like there's no more scenes uh, for jacob for a long time then oh there he goes popping up now so it, it i almost wish that they could go back to this show and somehow insert Mark, Mark Pellegrino into like, imagine if this, this was planned from the get-go and people are saying, who's this man? Who's this man that showed up in the sun flashback? Who's this man that showed up in the, like, I, I, I give them a pass for making things up as they went, whatever, but wouldn't it have been great if this was planned from the get-go and we look back at season one and see him in like a random boon flashback? Or like... <laughs> hey, that would be great. Just, um, George Lucas special edition it, right? Like, you know, <laughs> Jedi Rocks and <laughs> you know, Han Man Shot first. Yeah, exactly, all those sort of things. That's a good point. Like, that would be cool. Um, but the thing, like, what I was going to say about Chronologically Lost is that it, it, it does, as I've said a few times with it, is that when you do watch it in that way and these scenes all come together, it's, it's fascinating because it just it does work so... I guess like seamlessly that if you were watching, if you, if you watch chronologically lost thought it was lost and had never seen it before, you would think that it's just filmed how it was, right? Like there's, there's a few things here and there, which it gets a bit odd when some of the 1970s things, they kind of blend in at the same, like that's a bit strange, but there, cause there's two versions, isn't there? We've talked about this. Like I got the one where like the 70s stuff was done in the chronological way where it maybe didn't make sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, I I at least had the version where they did the split screens, like 24 style, like when, say, the plane crashes and you see all the bits. Like, I like that. That was really cool. Um, but, yes, download Chronologically Lost, which that took me a while to find. <laughs> so I, that was years ago. I don't know how you'd be able to find it now. So 
Anyway, um, all right. Anything to add on the flashbacks, or do we want to do the seventies, or do we want to do the the two thousands? Probably Let's do the two thousands. I think we can get that away pretty quick. Yeah, because I think it's more of a case of uh, well, actually, you're incorrect. We do see Locke again, <laughs> sort of. When? His body. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, poor old Gummy Joe. Which it's 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 funny when you had the whole Lapita thing. Like, oh, terrific! Like, even like again, I I have not seen this as many times as you've clearly seen it. But even I was like thinking during that first episode, I'm like, that's Locke's body, right? Like with the terrific moment, and I'm like, okay, there, yep, okay, we're gonna get I've that reveal. I've never seen a dead body before, but. This is what, like, maybe ten days after he died. Do the mm. corpses still look that fresh after ten days? Ah, uh, I mean, the only two that I have, the only two that I have seen, were maybe like within a week of them dying, and yeah, they um, do. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, without getting super morbid about one of the ones I saw, my sister had a child that sadly passed away at about a year old. And the one thing I remember about seeing his body was that his fingertips were like kind of very yellow like that. Like if you looked at the fingertip, like that was the one thing I noticed. And obviously when you touch a body, they're freezing cold. And that's weird. When you touch a human being and they're freezing cold, that's strange. So anyway, <laughs> morbid Oz Network. But, um, I've got yeah. <laughs> I've seen so many for all the murders that I commit, basically. Um, so we've basically got our gang, uh, Richard and the crew. Uh, they rock up to the the foot, um, and is that is it Locke who says like that's a that's a wonderful foot, Richard? Um, which Locke goes has into a, man black has a thing for feet. Well, he's he's Quentin Tarantino, but um, it's kind of like going into that whole. Um, you know, 4D chess thing where it's like he clearly knows what this is, right? So I just kind of like the way he's just, you know, basically playing along with this. Like, oh, it's a nice foot. Like, what are we doing here, he basically? A job as this, like, playing something that he's not. Props yeah. To him. Yeah. Uh, and this basically leads to them all just chilling at the camp and then, Impatient Gummy Joe is just basically like, let me in. I want to do this now. And he's like, okay. So he goes to go into the, the statue and Ben comes along and Richard's all like, no, Ben can't. Jacob's very proper about this. And Locke's like, I'm the leader. I do this. He will come with me. Um, And I love this whole kind of scene when like Richard's like pressing against the door and he's basically just like all filling it up and then all of a sudden presses it and he's just like, in you go. Um, and so Ben and Locke go inside and uh, they're inside the foot, which sounds creepier than it is. Um, we've got the Al Jazeera crew show up and they ask for Ricardus. Um, and he's like, Richard. And we get the what lies in the shadow of the statue, to which I'm not even going to try and pronounce what he says. He says in Latin, he who will save us all, which I thought was Spanish, but apparently it's Latin. Um, because Richard obviously speaks Spanish. Yeah, but do people still speak Latin? Like, legitimate question. Uh, I wanted to say yes in Latin, but I don't know any Latin. See, si. <laughs> Well, pig Latin, you would say what, like, S, 
what is it? Like the last two letters. See, no, I can't remember how Pig Latin works. Anyway, um, so he says that, and then Alana basically shows that what's in the crate got something that you want to see. Da da da! It's John Locke. <gasps> what? Pretty good twist. I remember watching this uh, for the first time, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Like, even I was, like, blown away. Like, what the hell? And then what is it? Um, Who is it? Oh, Sun says, if that's Locke, then who's in there? I do remember that me and my stepmom, after watching this, uh, we didn't get that he was smoky, but we put two and two together that uh, Locke and Titus Welliver were this sort of shape-shifting sort of maybe also Kristen Shepard. So at that point we'd put that together, but we did not know that it was the smoke punch. I I don't think I did. I don't think I even had a clue. Um, I just, I was literally in that mindset where I'm like, oh my God, who is like, what's going on? Who's locked? What's, where, what's, what's this happening? Um, we then have uh, into the chamber. We've got, uh, is this where Ben's looking at the tapestry and Jacob's proud? Oh, like my work. Especially when you make your own thread. Like, get a picture with me. Like, no one's seen my work. <laughs> this is my favourite. Uh, but I love thousand years. I, I love this line when Jacob's just basically like, well, I guess you found your loophole. So, ooh. Yeah. Again, I'm not a fan of Mark Pellegrino in this role, but uh, he does a pretty good job through this scene. I see, like, this is, again, going back to what I was saying last episode, I've never had a problem with it. And I think this is just because I just tie all this in. I just think he's great. Um, and then uh, that Locke, or the man in black, is basically like, oh, you don't have a clue what I've had to do to get here. Or is that it was Ben who says that, isn't it? Uh, that I've had to go through a lot to, to basically get here. The thing I, 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 I've marked this down as one of the potential top five moments because, I like, the thing I love about this whole scene is that, like, Jacob here is just basically, like, saying to Ben, like, you've got a choice, like, you don't have to do this. Um, you know, like just let me and old gummy Joe talk. And then Ben's basically just going like, like you ignored me. Like, you know, you did this, you did that. And I never get to see you and all this sort of stuff. And I love just like Michael Emerson is brilliant. Like he's brilliant last episode. He's brilliant here. Freaking Oscar. And the way he turns around here and he's like, what about me? Like all jokes aside about talking heads or moving pictures of Shannon or whoever it is. Like just the way he delivers that line, like you legitimately feel sorry for Ben here. You actually feel sorry for this monster who you're meant to hate. What was so wrong about me? Oh, and and like the best part about this, it gets even better because then I fucking love Jacob's reply of, what about you? It's like, whoa, like, you've pissed this guy off, so what's got to happen? <laughs> ben just fucking stab Yeah, Ben, stab him! <laughs> oh, honestly, wow. Michael, he might be the best actor. Like, oh, honestly, he I, might be the best actor. Talk so, so much on Breaking Bad about how Giancarlo Esposito and Gus, it's... Him or Benjamin Linus are my favourite TV villains. And this is a scene where, to me, it's like, oh, God, this makes it hard. Because, and more ways than one. Um, but, like, he's just so good. And just even the way then that, like, Jacob died. And, like, the thing is that I remember watching this live. Because, like, again, we've heard so much about Jacob. You, you think he's this mythical being that's, like, you know, whatever. And, like, the fact that Ben just stabs him and throws him in the fire. And I'm watching this guy and, like, Jacob can't be 
dead. Like, we've just met this guy. We don't know who this guy is, barely. And I'm there going, no, Jacob can't die. And, like, it's like, wow, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, top five moment. I've marked it down. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this is where I I like Gus uh, from Breaking Bad, but to me there's no contest between the two because – to me, Benjamin Linus is just so layered. And you're looking at the main villain of a few seasons standing up against uh, some guy he thought he was serving under saying, what about me? What was so wrong about me? You don't get that from other villains. Like, this is a sad man who dedicated so much of his life to to one thing. And I guess a lot of people can relate to that uh, line of what was so wrong about me uh, only for then Jacob to turn around and say, what about you? Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's that, I'm not even going to say drop mic, but it's just that, like, don't move a muscle because this is just so tense. And Ben's waited his entire life, and I love that he puts in that line, all those uh, orders, all those lists, like Michael Emerson's deliveries, uh and actually today I listened to, I would already say this is a top five moment, but uh, this bothered me a lot when I first saw it. Uh, and you cut out for a minute, so I don't know if you said this, but this actually bothered me a lot that we waited for so long in this show to find out who this Jacob was just for them to kill him off in the first episode that he's introduced it really bothered me. I was not happy about that. Like you, you build up this character and you kill him off in his first episode. Like you can't do that. Uh, and today I listened to an interview which came out this year, actually from Damon Lindelof. And I, I'm sorry for not crediting the podcast. It's with some lost podcast. Uh, listen to them. They're much better than we are. They're great. Uh, they got I Damon Lindelof. Them. I mean, they're clearly much they better than Damon we are. <laughs> They got not only Damon Lindoff, but they got him for an episode recap of the incident. So, like, oh, wow. they're doing good. Uh, but I'm sorry, I can't remember their name. Uh, but he was talking, and I've never thought about this. Damon mentioned that because they asked him, "Well, why does he respond? What about what about you?" And Damon sort of says, "Well, he's a two thousand year old god. Like, <laughs> you want me to put logic into him?" But then he also says that. Jacob wanted to die. If you really think about it, they brought all Jacob has been putting, getting these candidates. He's made sure the oceanic six came back. Uh, we saw the black rock. Oh, it only ends once. Everything else has progressed. Everything has been building up to this moment. And now he has all these people on the Island. He's ready to pass the torture. That's what this story is about is he's not getting these candidates just because in case he dies, He's ready to pass the torch on. He's ready for a new leader of this island. Uh, so his response of what about me, what about you, is a provo- provoking Ben more than anything. If Jacob had wanted to live, then he would have said something different to Ben. Uh, so, And I'd never thought about that, but that came from Damon himself uh, t- 12 years later uh, saying that, Jacob actually wanted to die in this moment. And suddenly this frustration of Jacob dying in his first episode is kind of gone for me. I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't think I got frustrated. It was just, 
it was just more of the shock factor of it. And like, I just, it just felt weird to be shocked about the death of someone that I've just met. Like, but I, I guess it comes from the fact that we've heard this guy's name and it's, it's like, it's, I've, I've seen the wizard of Oz, but it's like how you don't what see the wizard right until right at the end. And then it's like some guy behind a fake mask or something, isn't it? Like it's been, yeah, yeah, basically. So like, it's kind of like, it's just that build up to it. Right. Like, um, you know, that, and that you see it and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that that's all it is. But then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, he's dead. And then it's just, it's just the way, the manner in which it's done. Like, you know, and then even Locke, what does he say? Like, basically like they're coming. Um, so yeah, like Jesus, it's just. There are a you, lot of. Oh, you go. No, please, Noah, you go. There's a lot of sort of like, cause that's such a harsh thing to say to someone that served under you for 45 years to say, well, what about you? Uh, why are you going on about you being so special? Uh, oh, it's so good. It's such a good scene. But Damon sort of talked about in that interview about sort of the Old Testament God. Of You don't know if you're supposed to fear that God or if you're supposed to love that God, mm. but you know you have to do what that God tells you to do. Uh, yeah. And that's what sort of I like the ambiguity around Jacob is, he is human, but we also sort of, we try and as, uh, subscribe sort of 21st century logic to him, but he's maybe a bit beyond that. And so he's, he is the man in white, but he's not really that all good, all loving sort of new Testament, Jesus Christ. There is that sort of element of being sort of above that level of everyone else. And uh, what about you? Which it makes next season more interesting too, just with this whole, like the list of the names and who's going to be the new Jacob pretty much. And just, yeah, Jacob is not like this good guy. Yeah. It's, um, and again, like I just, I don't, I like what's his face in this role. Like I just, I kind of think he fits it. Like I don't, I don't see suburban dad. It's interesting. You mentioning about like freeing and, and like this scene and just, I, I think I automatically think of the whole um the scene in the desert, you know, the I will kill your wife, I will kill your son, I will kill your infant daughter. And it's kind of just like, you know, like where would you place that scene versus this scene with Ben? You know, what about yeah. me? I, I think Gus Fring is good, uh, but to me there's no contest. Uh, the layers of Benjamin Linus and the acting and this scene is just like I'm saying it now we'll put it in the top five because it's just, I, I watched it yesterday and I, I rewound and watched it again. Like, and I want to watch it right now. It's that good. The other four that I've got marked down all happen now in the seventies. Look, there is one yeah. that we're going to pretty much get to straight away, which to me will not make it, but I just, I like it and I want to nominate it because I like it. You got five of them in this episode. I mean, there's yeah. a few. Yeah, well, I mean, there's at least two that I think we will guarantee to have. Um, yeah. But there's there's the other one. Just bear with me. We'll get to this. So, obviously, we ended last week with uh, Sawyer and, and Kate and um, Juliet standing in the way. So, uh, basically, Jack uh, gets out of the car and Sawyer's like, five minutes, and, and Jack's basically like, don't have five minutes. Like, we've got to do this now. Um, and it's like, oh, come on. Jack, you know, five minutes. And I love this kind of like speech that Sawyer gives. And he's basically like, you know, like, oh, did I ever tell you what happened to my parents? Like that happened, what, like last year. And 
I could have gone and stopped it. You know, I've been here for three years, but I didn't. Like what's done is done and you shouldn't try and change the past. And then basically Jack's like, you know, it's it's my destiny and that Locke has been right all along um, about the island. And again, this is just his transformation of Jack basically. And it's kind of like, okay. And then out of nowhere, Sawyer just punches our hero in the face, which I, the reason, okay, I marked this as a top five because I just, I feel... Like, it's a great fight. And, like, I feel this has been building up for five seasons. At least this two should be in. This. Yeah. Like, this is this is the only reason why I mark it down. And it's a pretty good fight. Like, it's a great speech from both of these guys before they get into the fight. Like, this is a great scene. And I just love the fact that these two get into a fight. Jack's kind of winning at the beginning. I'm like, oh, cow hero. Like, can beat old rednecky uh, Sawyer here before Sawyer's basically kicking his ass. And then in walks Juliet. Like that is enough. <laughs> like stop it. You can have me both, and just strips the clothes <laughs> off. <laughs> um, and is is this the bit where is is this bit where Jack's basically talking about how like he he wants to do this to get back with Kate? That yeah. he's all like the only that, downer on the theme. I I, think. I don't like that either. Even though I'm Team Jack and Kate. No, sorry, I'm I'm not Team Jack and Kate. Um, I'm Team Sawyer and Kate. But like. The reason why I don't like this is because, kind of going back to my point when I said in a recent episode, how I just get this vibe from Jack and Kate. They feel that they're done. Like, I, they, they don't have that chemistry anymore. So this kind of comes out of nowhere in a weird way to me. Again, let's tie into other shows we've covered in the past. Nip Tuck, uh, we'll talk a lot about in some of those episodes with Sean and Julia. Uh, it just got to a point now, Sean and Julia, sorry, that, like, it just... It just got to a point where it's like, okay, you guys are done. Stop recycling this storyline. Like, no, there's no chemistry between you two anymore. So that's where it got frustrating. Um, but this is sort of where, what, Juliet, this is where it ties into her flashback uh, where she basically is um, saying, she's on board now with Jack. She's like, no, we're going to do what Jack says. And so it's like, what changed your mind? It's how I saw you look at Kate. And that, like, you know, we love each other. We're not meant to be with each other. And that if we didn't meet this, you know, I, I will never have to lose. That line kicks me in the guts. That hurts. Like, I love Elizabeth Mitchell in this episode. She's so good. And I just love that line when she's like, if I never meet you, it means I'll never have to lose you. Like, that is, like, such a powerful line. That is just like, wow. Okay. But, like, this is my point. This is what I said to you. This is what I argued with you that, to me, Juliet and Sawyer are just a convenience relationship. They're not meant to be. And this is Juliet basically. She's more into Sawyer than he is into her. And she knows because she saw the way he looked at Kate. And that to me is why it's Kate and Sawyer all the way for me. And Juliet's heartbroken and she's doing the right thing by walking away here. So that's just Ben drop mic relationship advice. Because you haven't had a date. You don't know what it's like. No, it grows. <laughs> Firstly, uh, I think... It- Julia as a character and Elizabeth Mitchell have been kind of meh for the last four episodes, but I'll agree. She's great in this one. Um, but like she's almost been doing a bit of Naveen for the past couple of episodes <laughs> in the background. Just like, uh, but she's great in this episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple of points, but I guess on the, I've talked so much. We're almost at the end of this podcast. Uh, just the love quadrangle, wangle, wangle. Ne- never been interested, never liked any of this stuff. It's the most forced aspects of Lost. Uh, the, 
I had her and I lost her. It's just, they have this such epic moment. And then you're just like, oh, you're really going to bring it back to this? This is what's going to make you blow up the world. And I love Sawyer. Well, damn, Doc, if you want her, she, she's right around the, around the bushes there. You go out and get her. I love that. Like, uh, but, yeah, the, I, I just I think Juliet and Sawyer have so much chemistry in this one episode uh, that, to me, this is, like, their greatest episode. Uh, and I'm, I'm not buying it. Like, we didn't even get a scene of, really, him looking at Kate in any way. And I'm not buying that she's blowing up the world because of the way that Sawyer looked at Kate one time. This whole plot line has happened over the course of like 12, 24 hours. Like, where is the time for her to even contemplate that? Uh, mm. So I, I'm not buying that. I, I think that's a really cheap way out of kind of Juliet getting on board with this plot. They, they needed every character to be on board with it, and it doesn't work for the plot. Um, but this is where last week I, I, or last episode, I said I noticed that she putting her hand on her stomach and that she was maybe pregnant. To me, that's a much better plot line. Juliet's yeah. entire plot line has been that she couldn't save all these pregnant women dying on the island. That was her plot line from the beginning. So to then come out and say she's pregnant and she's worried about dying and worried about this baby because she was conceived on the island and she's worried about whether or not it will have a loving family with Sawyer and whatever. That's her motivation. So that's a great so point. Play into yeah. That point. Don't play into, Oh, you love Kate who Sawyer and Kate were never even a thing that it's an infatuation. They it's, had sex in a bear cage. I like, I, I mean, I agree with everything with you. The pregnancy thing would be great. I mean, look, yeah, they had sex in a bear cage, but I just, I still am on board with them. Like that to me would be the happy ending to have them end up together. Like, you know, like that, that give them, a, that's the Ross and Rachel to me. They're the one you want to see up, end up with each other at the end. Um, But like the one thing I'll say though, like with this scene, like, again, I, I just love that line from Juliet. Cause it just, it's just such a powerful line, but I also want to give props to Josh Holloway here too, because I kind of love his reactions and just how he's kind of reacting to what Juliet's saying here. Um, and just kind of even he's like, you can tell that he knows she's right, that like he clearly still has it for Kate. And yet, you know, like it's just the way it happens. And like Josh Holloway is fantastic in this episode too, particularly with the whole Juliet stuff when she's about to die. Um, so everyone's great in this episode, except for the little kids. Yeah, I've I've talked about this a lot on the show, but for maybe the first three or four rewatches, I was not really a Sawyer fan. Mm. He might be my second favorite character after Benjamin Linus. Like, wow, honestly, it's just the Sawyer stuff is so good. Josh Holloway is so underrated, and he's one of the few people th- throughout the show that makes any sense. <laughs> I love when he said to Jack, "I don't speak destiny." Uh, <laughs> is so good just yeah honestly he's gone so up for me and watching these scenes in this episode is so good and this this fight which is five years in the making which i'm on board with sawyer this entire time i'm not i love jack's lock transformation but i'm team sawyer in this sort of debate uh and this is where i love watching i watched lost the first time as a young teenager you were probably a, a late teenager 
And I love that I get to revisit this show as a, uh, heading towards 30 because oh, these old bastards. <laughs> I, I feel like I really didn't get to appreciate these sort of philosophical debates that Lost does so well. The hatch is one of them. Do we push mm. this button? What is science? What is faith? But this conversation that Jack and I was watching this yesterday, I'm like, oh, they don't make TV like this anymore. That this debate of are we going to blow up the world? Like you made your mistakes, you own those mistakes, live with those mistakes. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean you you when you go back, you're not even going to know Kate. She's going to be in handcuffs. Own what happened. You what what's done is done, as Sawyer said. And these conversations that you don't see people having these sort of philosophical debates on TV like this. And it's just, you feel the intensity of it all. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. The only thing that kind of changes slightly here is that the fact that while you might be on Team Sawyer, everybody basically is now on board Team Jack. Because now Kate's going to be like, oh, okay, I'm with you now. And then Sawyer's yeah. basically like, all right, well, we're on board. <laughs> so, like... I'm sorry to, to plug a, again, another podcast. I. I don't know oh, that. At least I plug our own shows, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Damon basically, he kind of criticised himself, saying <laughs> we needed we needed everyone to sort of be on board. So he kind of said some of these plot lines were a bit rushed and a bit like forced because we needed everyone to be in the one place at the one time, and we needed them to all be wanting to achieve the same goal. So. He even admitted some of it's a bit clunky that how fast suddenly ever they were on the submarine and then suddenly everyone is on board with this. Yeah. Except I mean that that's, else, which I love that scene, which we'll get to. The the only thing is just yeah, the fact that everybody just was like boom, 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 boom. But I, I don't mind yeah. this Kate and Jack scene, like, yeah, we kind of get a bit of a throwback to the first, you know, remember when it stitched you up and um mm. although I do love here, you told me never not to ask you about Aaron. She's all like, ah, <laughs> yeah the baby kate crying aaron or whatever the hell that question was um and we is this where we get the mention of claire like like you actually hear a name there she is um but, but I, I, this is again I'm, I'm going on but this is what i love about kate's storyline and we'll get to it next season is in the end kate's storyline was not sawyer it was not jack it was claire mm. uh and this is what i kind of I kind of buy Kate willing to to blow up the nuke so that everything that happened wrong with Aaron can kind of be reversed. Even I though she's going to go back into handcuffs. I, yeah, I, I buy that more than I buy the Juliet stuff. Um, but I do like Jack. Like she was, uh, no, Kate's like, she was going to put it up for adoption. And Jack, you don't know that. You don't know what she would have done. Does, does, does Kate know that Jack's his sister? Or does Jack know that he's a sister at this moment? Jack knows. Uh, Jack I don't know. Kate. Yeah, like, like th I mean, that's the thing, like, when it's all like, she's not really your daughter. Well, like, if Jack wants an in here, like, just be like, sup, Kate, I'm actually Aaron's uncle, so <laughs> therefore if you marry me, there's this weird, you know, like, kind of, she, he can be your It's like, will you marry me? Um, I've yeah. Got a, I've got a question because... I feel like I, when I was watching this episode, I feel like in our podcast, we never really talked about the severity of this plan that they're going to blow up this thing so that they can erase their entire life. 
everything that they do right now is going to be gone. They're not going to mm. have any memory of this and they're going to start a new life and they're not even going to know that they did this. They, they're essentially going to die. Uh, well, so it doesn't work so, die, like so either way, you know. Yeah, I mean, either way, they die or they die. Uh, but my, my question is, because sometimes I think like, uh, sometimes I think like if I woke up from a coma and I was a 12-year-old, I had all this memory of what happened, would that be a good thing or would that be a bad thing? And this kind of goes into what Sawyer was saying, like what's done is done. And what Jack was saying is I had her and I lost her. So my question is, if you're going to blow up a nuclear bomb, at what point do you what, do you want to go back to? I, it's weird. I've sometimes thought about that, that if you could like go back and say like, yeah, be 12, but literally have all your memories that you have right now. Is that a so blessing that you, or a curse? I think it would be a curse because you would know what happened. So you'd be going, okay, well, when I get to this age, I remember this day. If I don't do this, then this won't happen. But it's the whole domino effect. Like, you know, I can pinpoint moments in my life where I've met certain people in my life where they've impacted my life on such a significant level that if I don't meet that person, I don't know what my life would have been like. Like I legitimately can have a crossroad moment where I go, if I'm not online at this night and I don't meet this person on this time at this point, then never in my life, then eight years of my life is different. He's talking about me. Yeah, fucking this little shit on the other side. If I didn't message him, how you doing? What are you wearing? Um, like, you know, I never wouldn't be here right yeah, now. But I agree, but then you've also got that opportunity to then kind of do what they're doing of like, well, let's do something. Let's do things differently. Let's live our life in a completely different. Let's be in handcuffs and let's go back and have the funeral with Christian. So, so then my question is: at, at what they're assuming that this moment will reset when they're on the plane. So, at what point do, do you want to? If you, where would your nuclear bomb reset to? That's my question. Are you asking me, or like, like, would you have that? In, yeah, I, I. You don't have that, so if you don't have an answer. I, I have answers, some that I probably wouldn't share to both our listeners. That can be on our Patreon exclusive. But um no, you don't have to give details, but an age. No, I'm just like, thinking. I'm just I'm literally seeing an age. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking. Like there I could pinpoint probably two moments when I was twenty how old was I in that moment? Uh, I would have just been about to turn twenty one. So very late moments of my year as 20 and a fairly recent one that I would have been just to like, just towards the level of 30. Actually, there'll be three moments moment nearly when I'm about to turn 21 where I am about to turn 20. What was I then? 29. And then around about, yeah, towards my 30. So that the three moments I can think of and I'll come down and meeting three different people in my life. So it would just, it'd be around that to see how different my life would be. So, yeah. but, but then you wonder, yes, that moment, but then do you wonder, just go back a little bit further than that? Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, this is legitimately one that I, I'd often wonder. I mean, I don't know if you really know sort of the reputation of some of these schools because you're a bit younger than me, but like I, growing up, I should have gone to a high school in Hobart called Cosgrove High, never ended up going. So I ultimately ended up going to Newtown High. But like I often wonder, had I gone to Cosgrove High, like how. You know, because, I mean, I can pinpoint a lot of... This is very deep, Noah. Like, I, I can pinpoint a lot of my life through high school, as a lot of us can. 
So I often wonder if I had gone to a different high school, being around different people, how would that shape me as a person? So, yeah. It's that this is the debate they're having because I I applied for this scholarship that I was 99.9% certain I wasn't going to get. And I'm like, well, what's the harm in applying to go and live in Europe for a year? You knew me before then, and you knew me. It completely changed my life, completely. I was in the car with you when you got told that you were going to Korea. I was I was with you no, the moment Korea, you found out. Korea. Oh, but you're talking about the other ones. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but this – before then, I lived at home. I was very overweight. I had you friends. Were, you little I- fatty. <laughs> I was bigger than you, so I can say that. <laughs> Go ask Teen Skinny. Fuck you, Colin, you fatty. <laughs> But, but I, I I was, yeah, I, I mean, I had friends. I'm not saying I was a loner, but I didn't really have any close connections, oh, apart from Ben Waterworth. Uh, that's not a close friend. That's just that loser that won't go away. He's <laughs> on the radio, even though I'm a minor. Uh, <laughs> go away, Ben. You can't talk to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if I could go back to one moment, it would be the, the day that you messaged me. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I often, well, I don't often, but I sometimes think like I, I was, and you you can relate because you grew up and a lot of listeners probably can't relate because we grew up in a very small place uh, at the end of the world, basically. And, hmm. and I think, after I went there, I met people that I truly connected with. I traveled around the world and opened my eyes up to a lot. I lost a lot of weight. I met people who are, I consider deep, close connections. I, I put myself out there to move uh, away from home. And now I live in Korea and I've done all this stuff and I'm a very independent person. I think if it had gone the other way and I didn't get that scholarship, I can't even imagine. Mm. I would be maybe still in Tasmania. I'd still be overweight. I'd be maybe working a a service industry job, which no shame for people who do that, but yeah, uh, don't work in a service industry job. Just quit. Uh, I would probably be, I'm not saying I'm super happy, but I would be probably less happy than I am now. Uh, But who knows uh, what would have happened. uh, But, Sometimes I think like that. That's that. What is that? That sliding doors sort of moment. Mm, uh, yeah. So this is where I love that debate that they're going through right now. Is well, is it a, a blessing or a curse? And I, I mean, it, it kind of makes me worry to even think what. I'm not saying I'm living in the prime uh, timeline. Maybe there's a Noah in another one who's not even talking to Ben. He's talking to like. Uh, I don't know. He's a famous podcast person. Uh, ben Waterworth. Like, yeah, he's on, he's on a show, a big show, and he's handsome and does all this <laughs> stuff. He's talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe what it would be like if I moved to Korea. So I'm not saying I live in the ultimate prime timeline, but I, I just can't even imagine the way some things could could have went in life. Just think. You could listen to a lost podcast right now talking to Damon Lindelof, but you're listening to this one where Ben and Noah talk about life moments that could have seen them not being on this show and maybe interviewing Damon Lindelof. Like, <laughs> That's what went wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that I'm more team Sawyer, I think, 
live with. You didn't get her. Well, that's on you. Live with that. And learn. But the thing about that is we've all made mistakes. You've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. But you can learn from that. And I've learned from my mistakes. And you grow from that. So for Jack to say I had her and I lost her, that's a bit of a – that's a, almost a cop-out. The only thing that would sway me a little bit more to Jack is that you, you, these guys are living in a world where they've time-travelled and that they've <laughs> moved an island – and that they're like they they've lived in around that, so they've witnessed some shit. So this maybe isn't the craziest thing that could happen. If if this was like right now, somebody knocked on my door and was like, "Hi, I'm Jimmy. I have a nuclear bomb. If I blow this up right now, you can go back to when you're 20, just before about to turn 21, and this will reset your life." Probably not going to believe them. I'm like, no, you're just going to kill everyone in Hobart, and I'm going to die. But had I been in 1977 and travelled back then and seen an <laughs> island move and all this kind of stuff, then maybe I might be slightly on the board of, okay, well, some strange shit has happened, so I might believe it. So that's the only yeah. thing. Like, I, I, I get both sides of the I do, because, like, ultimately, like, at the end of the day, are they going to die or are they going to end up in a time with no memory of what's happened? I mentioned essentially. Yeah. So it's 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 that whole aspect of either way you're kind of fucked. So I look if if I'm thinking about this logically, like yeah, I came in a point where I've seen some shit, but realistically, I kind of don't want to die. And also going back to 1977 and living a life where I could probably end up being pretty fucking rich, knowing <laughs> shit that I know growing older, buying Apple stock, Microsoft stock, you know, like stealing the script of Empire and writing that. Like I could set myself up for life and see some cool stuff in history. So, you know, I could be there to witness Empire Strikes Back in the cinema and see people live going, he's his father? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like that would be cool. So, yeah. Anyway, I can invent the podcast. <laughs> you already did. <laughs> well, thank you, Noah. That means a lot to me. Uh, so I think we'll breeze through a lot of kind of this stuff at the end. Uh, remember that Saeed's been shot? Well, here he is. <laughs> Completely forgot that he's bleeding to death in the back of this van. Our one doctor is just like, it's all right, Saeed, I'm going to go blow up a nuclear bomb. We'll be back to you soon. Um, but they're basically- If this works, uh, that's going to... Save you. What did he say? Like, nothing can save me. (laughs) (laughs) He's checked out. Naveen's gone. Um, So they rush off into uh, the the area, kind of uh, stalking it all out. Um, Pierre Chang's basically going like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you're causing it to be dangerous. And Rosinski's like, no, like, pour water on it. We've got to do this. Like, he's like, oh, mad scientist. Like, yes, this is my big invention. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep drilling. I do kind of like her there. I actually really like feeling this episode when he shows up with his troops and is all like, they've broken out of the thing. They're on their way here. And I love this moment we're going to get to when, like, he's about, is he about to kill Jack or Sawyer? And he's got that smile on his face. He's like, <laughs> and then he gets, like, killed with the middle. This is going to our point from last episode when, like, everyone's just murderers now. Like, Jack and Kate, they're all good. They're just killing everyone. Who cares? They're like, oh, well, we're going to lose memory of this anyway, so let's just do it. Um, the the magnets are basically pulling everything down this hole 
just, and, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's just one moment that we skipped over that I just want to bring up. Okay. Uh, which I'm glad they put in the script is Miles. Mm. He gets one moment in this episode and he basically says, have any of you thought about the idea that this one thing that you were trying to prevent yeah, maybe causes you it. Cause this, yeah. And he makes so much sense, and everyone just goes, oh. and then he goes, "That's oh, right, then." Uh, and <laughs> That's turns a good out, point. Miles is right. That yeah. basically what they cause the incident, and the incident which leads to the Swan Station, which leads to Desmond not pushing the button, which leads to their plane crashing on the island. That they did. We don't know it right now in this episode, but they did cause the very thing that they're trying to prevent. Miles Which was is right. Kind of fucked up in a weird way, isn't it? Like it's sort of. Like, I mean, it's but Back to the Future. Right you prevent they, your parents from meeting. You know. But but Miles is right. If they did not do this, then they do prevent their plane crashing. So they're basically that, doing the opposite of what they think they're doing. What they think they're doing, and that's mind blowing. Yeah. But if they had just stayed in the 70s and lived in the 70s, then they probably do prevent the plane from crashing. That's crazy. You're just blowing yeah. my... Like, this is like right now, like I'm getting a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like when you watch The Matrix and you get a headache. This is like good headache. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, wow. Like, the layers. But it's like, I mean, in all seriousness, again... Everyone complains, oh, lost, it got so stupid, it got so up its ass, and it just, ooh, they didn't even know what they were doing. Like, that right there is fucking brilliant. Like, that literally, <laughs> like, it's just this full circle nature of it all that, like, again, the rewatchability of this show to pick this stuff up to actually then understand that. Yeah. 12 years later. Yeah. It's just, and, like, again, you say that 12 years later, we don't really point out a lot. This show doesn't really age. Like, it, it feels very new still, doesn't it? Like, it doesn't. It's yeah. not like when you, okay, in all jokes aside, when you're watching Friends, pretty much the 90% of Friends you're watching, it's dated. Like, it feels you're watching a show in the 90s. Whereas, like, this, you know, it's just not dated at all. Like, it, it holds oh, up. Like, in 2009 right now. Yeah, exactly. But um, I nearly jumped ahead because it's a really funny scene that I like, but I don't want to take away from this scene. So here's another potential top five. This is, the, this is the other one which I don't think will make it, but this moment when Jack drops the bomb. Like, I just kind of like it when he drops it and they're kind of all looking at each other and they're all closing their eyes like, oh, fuck, and it's just dead quiet and they're all waiting for it to go off. And like even I remember watching this first time going like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. And just like... Angela does a great job here when oh, she's, yeah. like, closing. She's great. And just everyone's just like, what? Like, what's going on? So it's the whole, this doesn't look like LAX. I just love the little <laughs> subtle moment where Jack kind of looks over, huh? Like, looks over the thing like... What happened? Um, like, again, great moment. The, obviously, better moments in here that will make the top five. But what I love here is, like, when basically the, the machine goes off, everything's, like, magnetised, it's getting sucked down the hole. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh so hard and Jack getting knocked out by the box of tools. <laughs> because it's, it's like, the, the thing that's just so funny about it is that, like, it's just done in such a comical way that it's just kind of like should be like a Benny Hill thing. It's like doing, like do, and he falls down. The do, I'm watching it now. Do falls down. Um, we get the answer to one of our questions. Why does uh, Pierre Chang only have one arm? Well, done. And we get I like the Miles moment of Dad comes running over to him. Um, we've got the fuel moment when Ye's about to kill. Uh, it's Sawyer, isn't it? Um. 
And then he gets sort of like, you know, squashed there. But the big moment here is, oh, poor Juliet gets basically caught with some cables and she gets sucked down the hole and we've got like this moment with Sawyer and like just I always, for some weird reason, I always had this in my memory that this annoyed me, that Juliet's death annoyed me, that she was like so whingy and whiny. But no, like I'm like, what are you thinking? This is great. Elizabeth Mitchell is amazing. She's so good here. Like you feel for her. You literally like... Because sometimes they play these scenes where it's like, don't let me go. I've got to let you go. And it's like, oh. But, like, this is you feel her fear. You feel her desperate. You feel everything. I love the way she gets dragged down there. Yeah, and she's literally going to get either ripped in half or, like, dragged down. And I'm sorry. I'm with Juliet. I'd rather go, I don't want half my body dangling there. And Sawyer's is basically hanging on to, like, half of Juliet. Um, So... And we get the whole bit there. She lets go and Sawyer just the, the and again, Josh Holloway, brilliant here and just lets her go. And Juliet, um, well, we think is dead. And I've got this as a top. I mean, technically you could kind of combine this with the bomb, I guess, not going off because it's all technically the one scene. But just Juliet falling and it's just like, fuck. Bye-bye, Juliet. And just that look on... on And I love the sweetness of Kate helping yeah. Juliet. Oh, yeah. That's like that's... Yeah. I'm so glad that you're so positive on Kate all of a sudden. This is great. Can we keep this up, please? Can we retcon well, all our other episodes? In like three episodes, and I will not be positive about that. Hey, Claire's in that episode. You you watch your <laughs> mouth. Um, can we just say we're only one more episode away from Boone coming back? <laughs> Yay. Um, but Juliet, uh, well, we think she's dead, but uh, obviously we'll get to that in just a little bit. So I guess we don't eulogize her right now. Um, or do we? Uh, because basically everybody's uh getting picked up and recovering, and I always thought this was the scene when like Sawyer starts to bash up Jack, but that's in the next episode, right? So, well, I mean, he bashed him up already, but like, is he like, ah, you killed Juliet? But then, like, I, again, I remember watching this live because then we cut basically down to the bottom of the well. Oh, Timmy's fallen down the well. <laughs> No, Juliet's falling down the well. She's okay. There she is. <laughs> Yay, Juliet's alive. She's probably got turtle injuries. Yeah. Down the well. She's great. And, like, the, the effects, I'd say the effects here, just the blood and everything, like, it's just, you know, the way she's kind of there and just that. But, you know, here she is thinking she survived, but her first thing, she looks over and sees the bomb, which kind of so just point out again that this bomb is stupid. It does not look like a nuclear bomb. This just looks like some TNT that Dudley Do-Right's saving the world from. But Elizabeth Mitchell then decides, okay, well, I'm going to die anyway, basically. Picks up a freaking rock. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Bang, 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 bang on a nuclear bomb. And she's just basically like, ah, like, like amazing. I'm not, I'm not trying to bag out Elizabeth Mitchell. She's fucking incredible. And then you think, like, this is never going to go off. Then out of nowhere, psh, cut to white, not even black. It's white. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Lost. <laughs> the end. Season five, over. Top five right there. Um, But, like, fuck, I remember watching this going, like, oh, my God. And then, like, literally, the, like, the brilliance of this is that they go to white because you are so used to going to black. So you were literally like, oh, my God. God, what does white mean? Like, this is new. <laughs> like, what's happening? Like, no pun intended, mind blown. Um, I mean, you said that this might be the greatest finale in television. I don't know well, if I agree with that. I didn't say that. What did you I say? You, I, the greatest cliffhanger. Oh, in cliffhanger. Television. Again, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's up there. 
it's definitely one of them. I, I, I still would stand by even in Lost. To me, we have to go back, Kate, followed by the fact you realise it's a flash forward, to me, is a bigger cliffhanger because I'm like, holy fuck. Um, like, because that, I remember watching that going, I, I don't know what just happened. This is, like, crazy. And I can think of other, like, shows that you wouldn't have seen. I mean, there's a Nip Tuck one that was big. Um, even... It, it was a cliffhanger, but it wasn't a cliffhanger. The end of season one of 24, still to me, one of the greatest finales ever. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cliffhanger, but it's not. But it's still, you still got to be like, fuck. Like, you were so, like, shocked the way that ended. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is up there. I'm not, I'm not trying to discount this. This has got to probably be easily top ten, top five. But, wow, Jesus, wow. I figured out uh, when I blow the bomb where I want to go back to. Okay, right. uh, Before this episode started. (laughs) (laughs) September 22nd, 2004. Because you just talking about, you just talking about like we have to go back and you're mind blown and this is cliffhanger. Oh, I just would give anything to be able to watch this show again for the first time and experience these moments again. I'll, I'll never take those moments away from when I saw them the first time, but I was quite young and I would love to just see this again for the first time. Um, But yeah, Elizabeth Mitchell is so amazing with her screaming and going, come on, come on. And just banging it with a rock. Uh, But I'll tell you why I think it's the greatest cliffhanger. Maybe. I mean, I'm not willing to put it on the record, but I would say maybe is it's a little meta if this happened in season three, okay, like it's one thing. But we knew at this point we had one season left. We knew at this point we had 17 episodes left. She's banging on this rock to blow up this bomb that's going to erase the entire timeline. For us, that might happen. Mm. We had to wait a year after she blew that bomb to see what happened. And it was feasible that they had erased everything and that the final season of Lost would be purely based about these characters of what happened if they didn't crack. That Which was feasible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, so in that sort of meta context of knowing that this is the, the last, second last season, I remember watching this and going, oh, my God. Uh we have to go back was amazing, but I found the year long wait between this season more excruciating than the year long from we have to go back. Uh, I'm not knocking. We have to go back. That's one of my favorite endings of any television episode ever. Uh, but then, as you said, the fade to white instead of the fade to black and the, she blew the bomb up. They succeeded, but we still don't know what happened. And uh, the, the idea of, I don't think we ever went into a new season of Lost with such little idea of where we were going next. Like, even if we have to go back, we knew in season four, well, uh, the freighter's coming or whatever, and we know where all the characters are geographically. This mm. one, we don't know who's in the 70s, who's in the afterlife, who's in the the new timeline, who's anywhere. Uh, for all we know, this was resetting the entire show for the last season. Uh, and just the way that Elizabeth Mitchell does it with the rock and the fact that it didn't go off, as you said, with Jack, like, huh, what, what happened? And then the fact that we think Juliet's dead and then yeah. she's there at the bottom of the well. 
and then she's banging. Oh, come on. And we know we're near the end of the episode, but we don't want the episode to end. And then bang, fade away, lost. And then we have to wait a year. Uh, I don't know if I envy or don't envy the people who got to immediately move on to the next episode. I'm going to say I don't envy them because the wait was extreme, but it was, it was a part of it. Uh, I but, yeah, yeah I don't think I, I I don't envy them because it's it's I mean as weird as it is like yeah like I mean I've binge watched a lot of shows that like I mean Breaking Bad I never watched that live so every time I got to like end of season three when Jesse you know shoots what's his face and you come like, oh my god wait, like I can literally just go okay next episode like part of that we talked about that last week episode didn't we where it's kind of like a part of it is that factor of waiting like it's kind of that build up it's that it makes it all the more like exciting when you get to that episode when you can just watch it like i don't know it takes it a bit away yeah you got that binge watch but like like i'm sure if i ever watch game of thrones one day and i get into it like what there's like seven eight seasons if i watch them all in a couple of weeks it's not gonna be the same as if i lived through all of that over the seven and eight years you know what i mean like literally at the time of recording this it's like that weird fact for me with bond no time to die which by the time you're listening to this i've seen it hopefully um but I can't live through the hype of a new Bond film. I can't go through the fan reaction. I can't read review. I can't, like, join in with the conversation. And by the time I can, as you said to me off air, oh, I saw that in September. I'm kind of over it now. Like, it's sort of like, well, I haven't seen it yet, so I want to be a part of the club. So, like, I, I'm i jealous that you get to experience that kind of hype around it. And I like the fact that you can watch a show like this and and be yeah. there and be part of it on your own now binge watching it i think because it's i I mean i i'm sure you're the same as me when you get into a show and you're watching it and you jump online you watch a youtube video you maybe find an old article to see what the reaction was like or kind of see the fan reaction and you know it's interesting to kind of get that because you know you've plugged other shows in this one like uh, you know shout (laughs) out to survivor historians they kind of a part of what mario lanza is doing on that show is to take you back to that period. Like I was lucky enough to watch Survivor from the beginning. So I'm listening to that and I'm going, yeah, like I remember that. I remember this. I remember that. I've read his book. Like, yeah, I remember all of that. But for a lot of new school Survivor fans, I mean, you weren't there from day one, so you didn't know what that was like. So it's kind of getting that taste of what it was like at that time to be that person. So it's like now in, in 50 years time when you've got kids, because you know, I'm not going to ever have kids. Like you can tell them back. The pandemic. Like, what was it like, Dad, living in lockdown? And, oh, well, you know, this is what you had to do. Like, yeah. When when do you think the first coronavirus movie is going to be pushed by Hollywood? God, I'm thinking 9-11. 9-11, it took, what, to 2004 to we got, like, United 93 and World Trade Center. That was, like, three years. So isn't there already a Netflix film about it? Oh, is there? I don't know. I mean, TV shows have done episodes on it already, so, I mean, that's not escapable. But I, Okay. When I blow up the bomb, I'm going back to 2019 and I'm going to Wuhan stop that no. guy from eating the fat. I'm going to go back to September 10th, 2011, and I'm going to stop a bunch of Arabs from getting on planes. Like, I'm like, you not waking up to a bad, naughty. Like, I'm just yeah, going to make them sleep through their alarms the next morning. I'm going to change their alarms on their phone. <laughs> You know what, Ben? That's probably a good idea because then we probably wouldn't have got Saeed in Lost and we probably wouldn't have been so upset about how his plotline went. So that probably would have been good. But again, I swear we had this debate, didn't we, about, like, would you kill baby Hitler? Like, (laughs) if you kill baby Hitler, there's probably another baby Hitler out there that's going to happen. Like, Mussolini might have been more of a prick. Stalin might have been more of a prick. Like, I don't know. 
Like yeah, this is where you're all more of the Sawyer. What's done is done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's. I mean, I, I again, we had a conversation off here about like being both sides of certain spectrums. I think I can see both sides because again, I would love, I would absolutely love to go back in history or in my life and do something differently. But like, it's that fear factor in your head. Cause think about it. If you went back to that time and were like, okay, I'm not going to take this scholarship. I want to see what happens, but you've still got the knowledge of what happened. So if your life gets significantly worse from that point on, you're going to be five years in going, fuck, I'm an idiot. I should have taken it. Like you'd be regretting it more knowing that you did that to yourself, you know, like, I can at least think about what would happen if I didn't meet certain people, but I have no knowledge of what I could have had a worse life. I don't know. Probably but this is where <laughs> this is where loss is so trippy because they don't have any knowledge. But at the same, this is where I, I struggled to get my head around it. Kate don't, won't have any knowledge of what happened to her, but it's still Kate. Yeah. It's still her. Well, this is like any sort of... I can't really get my head around that, really. But this is why, like, any form of fiction that involves anything like this, like, even Back to the Future, one of the greatest movies of all time, you can still ask a thousand and one questions about that movie, right? Like, well, what happens if this and this and this? And like, okay, so Marty's reset his life and it's better, but where's other Marty? There's another Marty in the world, right? Like that doesn't like, where's he? Like it's, it's all these kind of things that you can question. And like the Einsteins and the people like that out there have bigger brains. Cause they can think about these things, right? Like I can barely get through an episode of the Oz network to record about it without remembering, you know, calling things talking heads and fucking moving pictures. I can't even remember the name of a song from the eighties, let alone work this shit out. Um, so, okay. Um, I guess questions and answers. Uh, first of all, any questions? I feel we've got a few answers in this one, but uh, do we have, like, did the bomb go uh, when he When he says they're coming. Mm, who is coming? <laughs> yeah, who is coming? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should add some context to that. Who is coming <laughs> to see Locke? And then, oh, uh, who is Locke? Can we, I mean, now that we know it's not Locke. Yeah, who is fake lock? Who is fake lock? D- dummy Joe. Who's dummy old? Who is old dummy Joe? Um, old dummy Joe. I guess we get asked about the bomb, like, but I mean, we're gonna find that in the next episode. Yeah, so. but that's one of those ones where, like, you know, next episode is gonna be like the. Yeah. Um. Uh, hmm. I think so. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Um, I guess with the answers. So, all right, let's go. I'm going to go all the way back. Let's go, go, go back. Uh, what is the monster? No. Polar bear? No. Christian's body? Adam and Eve? Whispers? You're not oh. going to read through them all, are you? No, well, I mean, we've answered so many that there's actually not as many as you think, to be honest. Um, well, Pierre Chang's arm, we know that. Yeah, season two, episode three. What happened to Pierre Chang's left arm? Dunskies. Yeah. And then did we have one about uh, Kate and don't ask about Claire or was that just a joke? <sighs> sort of. Um, we still haven't answered why does Asian man use different names, have we? No. Okay. Um, who is Jacob? Like... No. Let's no. save that for across the sea. Uh, 
Did we have what is the incident? I feel like that should have been the question. No. What is the deal with Richard? Yeah, Kane mentions the incident in season two. We didn't have it. Um, okay, so season four, episode nine. What are the rules? And the baby Kate crying sound is coming to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. answered it. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> are you saying we answered it or not? Yeah, we answered it. Okay. All right. Uh, the next big one here I'm seeing um, is why won't my parakeet eat my diarrhea? <laughs> we did not answer that. Uh, how did Locke come back to life on the island? Well, he didn't. So. Yeah, we uh, uh, maybe save that for next episode. Okay. What does in the shadow of the statue mean? We know that now, don't we? Because yeah. we oh, got yeah. the translation. Oh, Locke. Um, so that's done. Uh, who stole Noah's stapler and scissors? Still no. No, we did not answer that. Damn it. Uh, what is a candidate? No. Who broke the ash? No. Why can't the man in black kill Jacob? No. Who's coming in? There? Okay, right. Well, that works for me. Um, I'm definitely binning this episode. It's terrible. <laughs> it is shit. I never want to see it again. Um, I'm guessing you're buying it as well. Absolutely buying it. Absolutely. Um, at the top of the episode, we said it wasn't even our favourite uh, finale, and I stand by that. But even just having this conversation, it's gone up for me, and I don't even know if it can go up. But well, it's gone up for me, like absolute buy. I have ranked this at number ten. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, which, if I look at my top. 10. So how many parts of the fin- of finale? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> seven of my top 10 uh, episodes involved in finale. So my number one is Through the Looking Glass, part two. My number three is Exodus, part three. Uh, number four is Live Together, Die Alone, part two. Number five, well, okay, Pilot's not a finale, but Pilot, part one. Uh, so six of them. Oh, that's no, pilot part two. So, okay, Ben, stop overselling yourself. Um, five of your top ten are finales, and then number nine is Exodus part one. So, oh, I like the season one finale. Two of the three are in there. So, yeah. Wow. How Do you remember yeah, how you so, would have ranked this? Uh, it would have been at least in the top 15 for sure. Okay. Lost does their finales so well, better they than do. any other <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. There you go. Um, So, obviously, our next episode will be our Season 5 recap, which might be the weirdest one we ever do just because of how we've recorded this. It's been a long spread, but uh, we'll be interested to do that. But then, of course, we go into Season 6, the final season. No, it's only taken us an extra couple of years because uh, all the uh, the time that we've taken between that. Well, but uh, for as long as Lost was on the air. We have um, LA, and I'll, the same will happen for the premiere of next season. Is that whenever there's two parters, we drop them both on the same day. But LAX part one and part two, LAX part one, Boone is back, Boone! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we haven't had him forever, and we won't get him again till the end. But one of his three appearances next season, Boone is back, everyone, and sort of Claire. But um. Come for the premiere, stay for the Boone, because Boone is back. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. Boone is back. Yeah, I'm excited for Boone. Um, we'll talk more about it next week, uh, but 
Season six is an interesting one, but I'm happy to be done with season five. It was a fun run, but it was an interesting run. Um, great end to, to cap it off, though. But yeah, we're in now in the home stretch. Seventeen episodes left to go, and three of them, including Boone. So let's get oh, it. Wow, that just makes me happy when you say those words, including Boone. So, I want you to be wearing your Boone shirt for LAX. Part I hope one. it's arrived. I actually got the email today saying that it's on the way, Noah. So uh, to kind of Does ruin how. To, to ruin how we do these episodes, I think we're having a bit of a break uh, sort of for a couple of weeks before we get into season six. But uh, it will be seamless. People, of course, will listen to it straight away. But um, two weeks' time, essentially, you will hear the first uh, – well, the two first two episodes of season six. But, of course, next week, as I said, season five will be our recap episode. But we'll go over the bits and come up with the top five and rank the seasons. And I'm very interested to do that. It's going to be a tricky one. Um, listen to our other shows. They're good. Listen to that one with Damon Lindelof. It's better. That was good. That was better than what we do. Well, I'll say this right now. If you are so intrigued with Noah and our conversation about when we would go back to our nuclear bomb moment, sign up to our Patreon, and as a bonus episode, Noah and I will get deep and personal and we'll talk about it. Won't we, Noah? Well, how many Patreons do we need to do that? One would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I'll open up about my personal life for a couple of bucks. Five <laughs> bucks. Doesn't, doesn't take me much. Five bucks. Yeah, uh, deal. Five bucks. All right. Oh my god, this happened to me as a child. Okay. Doesn't take me long. I'm in. Deal. We're so getting it, aren't we? All right. Um, we'll be back. It'll be cold. With the dogs. Um, my name is Ben, and this seems fitting. Do you have any alcohol? <laughs> and my name is Noren. I've had enough. Now I want my share. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.